Uh, well, good evening, everybody. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And oh my gosh, have we got a show for you. Um, it has been coming. <laughs> I start my mornings off with a couple of topics. And by the end of the day, um, we are slam packed with stuff. Last night, I told you we were having a woman and her family on. Um, it's, it's a horrible story. It's in Douglas County. Um, a gentleman uh, is driving down the road and is shot and killed in his pickup by a stray bullet or a bullet and nobody knows what's happened and the family is distraught they're planning their father's funeral and they don't know what happened so they were going to come on tonight hopefully we're going to get them on tomorrow night that's the plan at this point but obviously they have um a couple of things on their mind but we're going to try to get them on tomorrow and uh and talk about that uh tonight a lot of you've been asking me over the last couple of days about the Oregon Health Authority and these new rules they're proposing, and then, and then how the deadline was five o'clock tonight and uh, hardly anyone even found out about it. Hmm, that's an interesting thing. How's that happen? Seems to happen a lot in Oregon these days. So uh, we're gonna bring some folks on to talk about that. Kim Stark will be here with our Elements of a Healthy Life and she's got some stuff on uh, childhood depression uh, and one of the other side effects of our reaction to the COVID virus. Uh, we're gonna talk about that, but I have some good news. Um, I read on the wire, and so I, I, all I know is from the wire, Amtrak has suspended its COVID-19 mandate for employees and no longer expects service disruptions in January. Now, I'm not a big Amtrak rider, just, but that, that doesn't matter. The point is people are starting to think, they're starting to get the message um, that these mandates are bullshit. And President Biden doesn't have a leg to stand on or a, a shoestring to grab. And they're starting, finally, people are starting, businesses are starting to say, okay, enough. Good God, this is done. <laughs> people, wake your hell up, you know? And I think that is a really great thing. So some of your questions about the OHA proposal will be answered uh, by a couple of experts here. I'm calling you an expert, Mark and Catherine. Um, and, uh, and then Kim will be on just to kind of help us out with that. Let's start off with our open and then we'll go right to Bill London. And oh, and we got some other stuff for you too. We're going to take you snowmobiling in Lake County. And then I'm going to show you on Christmas or the 23rd, I'm going to run an old special we did. And you remember my last name is Dancer. So I did a special 10 or 15 years ago called The Strangest Reindeer of All. Do I have to explain the reindeer part? And this is looking at Christmas from a totally different perspective. Um, and you know me, I like to go deep. So this is going to stretch you a little bit. But we're going to air that on the 23rd. It'll air that night because uh, I won't be here. And neither will Kim because we're going to be out playing with people. <laughs> so let's get started. And here we go. Who puts up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out. Bring the, bring the lion. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? Yeah, there's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun is because... We'll see you at five. Good evening from the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London, fashion plate for the world. Here's a look at some of the stories we're following. Well, yesterday it was a very special session of the Oregon Legislature, and they passed additional safety nets to keep 
thousands of people currently struggling to pay their rent or facing eviction in their homes. During the one-day special legislative session, lawmakers passed a $215 million package. It includes $100 million for additional emergency rental assistance for both tenants and landlords, and yet another $5 million in funds to help agencies that have been woefully deficient in getting that emergency money out the door. It's supposed to help them do it more quickly. This month, the statewide rental assistance program stopped taking new applications after all $289 million of federal funds had been requested and committed to renters. However, there's still a backlog of almost $120 million that is yet to reach renters. And Margaret Salazar, the director of the state's Housing and Community Services Division, said that she expects the remaining federal assistance to be administered by March of next year. Why so long? And that is a question that Republican lawmakers have been asking. They have been very critical of Oregon Housing and Community Services and their mismanagement of the application process. And they say that the bill fails to hold the agency accountable. As a matter of fact, Republican Representative Bob Levy said that anyone who understands how to run a business knows you don't throw money at something that isn't working and you don't cover up inefficiencies by avoiding accountability. Now, lawmakers also voted in favor of extending the current 60-day eviction protection period. More than extending. The extension will keep eviction protections remaining in place for a tenant until their application has been processed, and it is not limited to 60 days. It's an unlimited or indefinite time period. Now, there were some other bills that passed as well. One bill that received unanimous support from lawmakers in the House and Senate was $25 million for a comprehensive statewide plan to address the proliferation of black market marijuana around the state. Lawmakers also passed $100 million on to help Oregonians impacted by the summer's extreme heat and drought and another $18 million to help Afghan refugees settle in Oregon. Now, amid the special legislative session held to address evictions and the like, the chairs of the housing committees in both the Oregon House and the Senate are now asking for an audit from the state tasked with overseeing the Emergency Rental Assistance Program. Senators Casey Jama and Representative Julie Fahey wrote to the Secretary of State, Shamia Fagan, requesting an audit of Oregon Housing and Community Services, its local partners, and also a third-party Massachusetts contractor that it hired, which have all been tasked with distributing rental assistance dollars to tenants and landlords since May and have been woefully deficient in getting that money out. According to the letter, quote, we remain deeply troubled by the inconsistent results across counties, by technical difficulties with Alita software, by what appears to be a lack of clear communication to renters and landlords, and above all, by the fact that more than 8,000 Oregonians are still facing eviction at the time of the December special session because their application process exceeded the statutory safe harbor period. Well, it's here. It being the Omicron variant of COVID-19, it has now been confirmed in Washington and Multnomah counties. The Oregon Health and Science University Laboratory conducted the sequencing that detected the variant, and it was announced Monday afternoon. 
Three people so far have tested positive. Two people in their 20s, one from Multnomah County, one from Washington County. One had been to Canada prior to the Simpsons onset. The other, no details. And then a third Washington County resident in their 30s had traveled internationally to Mexico. Now, what do these three people have in common other than being from the Portland area? All of them were fully vaccinated. Their conditions, right now at least, haven't been announced. Governor Kate Brown has now demobilized the Oregon National Guard, which has been helping around the states at local hospitals because of the influx of COVID-19 patients. More than 1,500 Guard members worked in dozens of hospitals and care facilities across the state during the COVID surge starting in August. A campaign to recall Newburgh School Board Vice Chair Brian Shannon collected enough signatures to go in front of voters, according to the Yamhill County Clerk. Brian Van Bergen, the clerk, said if Shannon doesn't resign, they'll have a recall election in late January. Shannon led the effort to ban the display of political symbols on district property, including Black Lives Matter and Pride flags. Under the ban, only the American and Oregon state flags would be allowed. Three others of the seven-member board agreed with him, and they passed the measure back in August. After backlash and threats of lawsuits, it was later narrowed to ban only district employees and staff from displaying political symbols. And finally, let's hope there really is a Krampus, Virginia. That's because somebody climbed the 20-foot community Christmas tree in the small Douglas County town of Oakland and stole the star off the top of it. The Sutherland Police Department, which also serves the city of Oakland, said the tree, the lighting, and the decorations were damaged as a result of the incident. The community Christmas tree and the tree lighting ceremony has been going on for well over 50 years. Police shared videos of the suspects and their car, which appears to be a 1990s Honda Civic hatchback. All right, with that, again, Here's hoping for Krampus. It's time to open up a big old bottle of extra thick and chunky real with Rick. Dennis Lang, you are right. We are so lucky to have Bill, the king of news. He's the only guy in Oregon who still asks really hard questions. He works his ass off working on that information for you guys. And you're not going to see that on the local news on KEZI, KEZ ma'am, KZB boob whatever the heck, and you're certainly not going to see it in the registered guard of the Oregonian. And that's why we have him. That's why we pay him those big, 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 big bucks to come on and do his thing with us. And we are very fortunate to have him. And our show is sponsored by the only reason we can do this is because of Chris Dental Family Dentistry, our sponsors. So here's the way it works, guys. You like what we do, then we want you to help our sponsors. I am just blatantly whore myself because they want to, that's why we do this. They pay for us to do what we do. You get to get it, but then you got to return the favor to them. Our other sponsor tonight, Elements Health Clubs, three clubs, one in West 11th, one at Oakway, one at Springfield, and their segment will be up in a second, couple segments tonight. And our other sponsor, New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. Get a gift card for your loved one, the gift of health. Good God, we could stop focusing on all the masks and vaccines and perhaps get healthy. That's the best thing you can do to prevent COVID is to get healthy. But you don't hear that from the federal government or Kate Brown 
or the Oregon Health Authority. Huh, what a great opportunity to put out a message with all those millions you're getting to, for people to get healthy while diabetes skyrockets in our country. I mean, over the, they don't even have juvenile diabetes anymore because so many adults are getting it. So we're a very unhealthy nation. And instead of talking about that, we talk about masks all the time. And we talk about forcing people to do something they don't want to do, which is a vaccine. Why don't we talk about forcing people to stop eating shitty food? <sighs> I digress. But I'll tell you what, as terms of therapy, that is so cheap compared to what I'd have to pay a therapist to sit down and go through that with me. So let's talk about the OHA, the organization that's supposed to be focused on our health, but instead is focusing on trying to force our children to do things their parents may not want them to do. God, am I in a mood tonight, Kim? Just shake your head in the green room. I can see you. So let's read on. <laughs> Here's Catherine, Catherine Green from the Children's Health Defense, um, an organization that Bobby Kennedy Jr. started many, many years ago. And then we have Mark Thielman, who is a candidate for governor but also very connected on this story. And so we got both of you on here and, oh, the deadline's over and we just found out about it. <laughs> this is so crazy. I was getting emails like crazy, you guys, from people saying, what, what is it all about? We don't even know. So, it, it, you know, the state's supposed to put out this information in a timely fashion. Let's not beat them up over that. I just did. But talk to me about what was going on. And either one of you can start and what, what they're looking at and what's the latest on that. So either one of you can just start. Mark, go for it if you'd like to. Well, you know, there's the OHA is one of those organizations. I think they started it in 2009. And I know that uh, they passed some emergency authority for pandemics and things and a little bit of a restructure in 2015. And so uh, it now constitutes nearly half of our entire biennial state budget at $29.77 billion. Wow. And, uh, they are a huge agency. Obviously, the public union, SEIU and other healthcare workers are represented there. And it is really the big dog on the block. And um, due to that emergency power legislation, as we've lived for the last 18 months, uh, they really have a power to make law through rule. And uh, for example, and they're very transparent about it. Um, I got a call after I did a political function speech thing up in Lake Oswego, and it was a, a staffer for Cedric Hayden. He's a representative uh, and, by the way, a, a Republican and very good one. And um, his staffer was reading through the OHA proposal. Oops. Mark, we lost your mic. Okay. Catherine, we, there we go. Mark, try it yeah. again. Can you got my back? Okay. Anyway, long and short, it's sorry. Um, the, the beauty of it is, is that uh, he's on the COVID response committee that advises the governor and the OHA did not share any of this with the COVID response team. It was discovered by a staffer who decided to read and basically they're now trying to um, change the definition of vaccine to vaccinated induced. They're trying to um, give themselves. What, wait, wait, wait. Well, what does that mean? What immunity. does that mean? Well, Let, may I jump in? If you, are, if you're COVID recovered, you can't claim immunity. See? Let me jump in. So They're trying, sorry, but that was really important. They are trying to redefine immunity not not anything else they're trying to redefine immunity they're also attempting to do a total end run around the population of the state the voters and the legislature because they've written a rule that will void our rights to decline an 
immunization or a vaccine for religious, philosophical, or even medical reasons, apparently. This is really poorly written rulemaking. It is egregiously out of alignment with science and law. It proves to me they're a rogue agency. Their $29 billion is what gives them the belief system that they're you know, above the law. But they're, this is a huge end run around the legislature and the citizens. And if this rule passes, you need a major revolution in this state to deal with it because it is an appallingly horribly written rule. It does not align with science. We know natural immunity is superior to vaccine-induced immunity. We also know children are frankly not at risk. They have a 99.997% survival rate. There are outside experts that are saying they are 144 times more likely to die from these COVID shots than they are from the disease itself. And they are planning on mandating this on every single child that even goes to an after-school activity. You don't well, even have to enroll. I mean, I it's can't. the most awful written rule I've ever seen personally, except for the one that followed it, because they're, they're defining an outbreak as one case. Well, we know the PCR test doesn't work. I'm sorry. We know that it has high numbers of false positives. So you're going to be able to keep the emergency going eternally with one case. It is absolutely outrageous. They are out of control. They apparently can't read. They don't understand the harms that they're going to induce. They are, in my book, personally, I can't say this for CHD Oregon, but for myself as a mother who had a vaccine-injured child 25 years ago, this is criminal behavior. And it is unconscionably illegal as far as how we are to pass laws and rules in our state. So okay, I'm so sorry, but I lost it over the false lies about immunity because natural immunity, just like natural everything is better, okay? You know, natural food, organic food, it's better, right? Okay. The real deal. Okay, let me have a word in here. Immunity. So hold on. I want to ask Mark something. So Mark, there's a couple of bills. I, I was reading a note that you put out and there's several bills in here, Senate bills and House bills that people have already, that have already said, we won't do this. We're not doing this. So OHA, I just want to make this point. Catherine said this, but I want to make, so they're going around these laws. What are, are the people we, well, not yeah. very from our ones I elected, but the people that Oregon put into these positions, OHA is going around them over top of it. So the process is not that organizations decide what the people of Oregon are doing. It's that our lawmakers represent us, create laws and this is just total horseshit. Well, yes. you know, you got you know, between the between the two of you, I'm, I'm going to have to redefine the definition of straight talk. But let me give <laughs> a definition here, so so they understand what this does. What they do is they pass a rule, just like they're doing to trying to make masking permanent. That's not something the legislature is passing. That's something they're trying to do through rule. And but don't worry, they'll they'll remove the rule later. But I want everybody to understand constitutionally in the Oregon Constitution, a, an OAR, which is an Oregon administrative rule, is an opinion of the attorney general's office. And in this case, it's an opinion of the Oregon Health Authority. It does it is not law. You have to go back to the statute that gives them the authority to make the rule. And the statute is very clear on this immunization thing. Only the legislature can add a required immunization to uh, legislation for that would bar a kid from going to school. And they, there is one exclusion date under current Oregon law, and that is a date in February. And they have to offer uh, religious and philosophical 
exemption options to parents um, who don't want to immunize their kids for religious or philosophical reasons. It's all set in law right now. This gets them around all of that. So let me give you an example. They don't come out and say, we're going to force vaccinate five to 11 year olds. That's not what they're saying. They're saying, we're going to give ourselves the authority uh, to uh, address an emergency, which may include adding any uh, a, a vaccine to the list arbitrarily, and then um, uh, require or setting an arbitrary exclusion date. So you've got 90 days, moms and dads, to get your kids on this vaccine or they can't go to school. And that is a violation of current Oregon statute. And so the thing is, I analyzed the language based on the, 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 the tip from Cedric Hayden. I know he wrote an amazing letter in his own right, um, but the analysis is very simple. This is called sleight of hand, and uh, it's all done under the guise of keeping our kids safe. But if you talk to OHA epidemiologists like I did, and you say, and I asked them, give me the epidemiological reason or justification to vaccinate all five to 11 year olds versus Pfizer's own data about myocarditis, especially with young boys between five and 11. They couldn't do it. They could not do it. That, that, that medically they cannot, scientifically they cannot say that kids are um, uh, threatened other than to say, we don't know about an, any new variants that may come. So what do people do now? Let's, let's just kind of get, get wrap it up and get a positive in here. What can people do? Because I think Mark and, and Catherine, I think, you know, even I, I will say, I used to always say, you know, call your legislator, do your thing, um, speak, use your voice. But I think it, most of us, not you guys, I'm not putting this on you, but I think a lot of us out here feel like nobody's, li I mean, I've been screaming about this for months, not this, but other things for months. And we're still wearing masks inside and it's just crazy. And so what <laughs> We, I, we are talking. We are calling our legislators, but they're not doing anything. What do we do? Yeah. I, so you have to chip I, away at the iceberg. Okay. I actually think you just keep at it. Okay. I think the blue gang that has been pushing this under the you know story that they're telling, it, it, there's cracks showing everywhere to people who read, frankly. All right. I think you're going to see a movement. I know a lot of blue card carriers who have turned them in for red lately. Um, I hear a lot of voices saying, we're gonna pull our kids out of school. I am listening to the, the school boards weeping over the number of children they've already lost. Um, there are lawsuits coming, frankly, because this is a violation of our rights and legal law. These are all under EUA, so you cannot mandate them and they're doing them anyway, both the masks and the vaxes. They're still, Emergency use authorized, which means you must give consent. They can't force it. They're breaking the law as they do. So more lawsuits are coming. People are going to sue those school boards and school them, you know, sue them personally and individually because they know they're creating harms. And if they don't, they should. They've been given the evidence. So I think people have a lot of power in this state to get to the positive. This is a small state. These legislators live here. These OHA people, they live here. We need to get on them. And I'm not saying anything um, aggressive. I'm saying with facts, with science, and people need to stand up and say no. And you will see a big turnaround. I mean, when they, when you burn down the phone lines and you crash their computer systems because they're getting so much feedback, they change. They really do. And if they lose seats, you're going to see them change even faster. So Mark, you just have to word. stay on them. Final word. Well, I can, hey, I can throw in a happy. So um, we put the word out on the campaign. I did an analysis. We got senators rallied. Uh, Senator Hayden got the House caucus rallied. I know they're submitting a letter. Everything was due by five o'clock today. 
because they gave a two-week extension. They, they tried to close this public comment period November 30th, but because we sounded the alarm, they extended it. Uh, uh, as of five o'clock, there were over 13,000 pieces of testimony submitted. That's an insane number on an OHA OAR rule. And uh, believe me, uh, we're gonna, the goal now is to move and, and if people wanna contact their legislature, demand that they give a public hearing, another round of public testimony on these OAR rules, uh, because I guarantee you, they don't want to. And, uh, and if they don't, they're gonna have Hades to pay. See, I'm nice, I said hell, but I said Hades instead. There you go. Um, and um, the thing is, you're not powerless, okay? Parents you're have not. a right. Their parents have a right to, to protect their children, to raise their children the way they see fit. Parents have a right to learn about vaccination and decide whether it's best for them and their family and their children. And I would argue that most parents that go through that process will say, well, it doesn't really make sense. And we have to trust that. And that's what I'm running my campaign on. That's how we're doing things in the Alsea School District. We've been out of the box the whole way. And oh, by the way, I'm unvaccinated. I forgot to ask, are you guys comfortable staying on? <laughs> I don't want to infect anybody. Okay. Okay. You're, you're gone. He's gone. We're getting rid of him. <laughs> See? I have the power. I have That's the amazing. Power. Oh, I'm gone. Out of here. We're getting we're just putting people in left and right. Um, guys, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. And we do appreciate it. That's what people need to hear is just understand that. And and I, you know, I would throw in that the school districts are paid a sum for every child in the district. If your child isn't in the district and we'll work on on fairness in that realm later, because I think that's the next thing that's coming is if no. I'm paying for school, you do what I say or I put my kids somewhere else and I'll put my money there, too, and take cool it out choice. of the public system and over here. That's coming next. But right now, what you can do is when your child comes out. So it is five thousand four hundred dollars. I don't know if I'm right with that. I remember that was a few years ago. And every kid that starts adding up a lot. Now, yeah, does that mean uncomfortable it's, for you and you have to find something else? It does. It's $10,400. Well, I have been out of the news business yes. a long time. So when your child leaves the school, you're taking 10400 Is that right, Mark? Yes, yes. Out of that district. So that is a really loud yell. You can yep. stand up and say all the nasty things you want. They're not going to go anywhere. But you take $10,400 from a school district you are biting them in the ass. And that, <laughs> and that is what needs to happen. Oh, thank you guys. Awesome. So thank you so much for being here. Again, Thanks, the right. Children's Health Defense. You can look them up online. And Mark is running for governor. You can go find him and uh, get on his mailing list. I get all your stuff. So you'll get everything in there and find out what he's doing as well. Yep. You guys, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you. See you later. Yep. So that's how it works, guys. Um, yeah. I know we all get frustrated. I get frustrated. Um, but when you hear people like that who are like in there in part of the cog of what's happening here, um, you realize we do have power um, and we can do something. We just hope that, you know, and maybe to all you social media outlets, um, stop censoring us. Damn it. You know what? I'm so tired of you getting to decide what goes on and what doesn't go on because you're controlling the conversation or trying to. And that's not right. Um, and we should be standing up against that, too, and saying, because who knows, this may get pulled. I don't know. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to we're not going to stop talking because you don't like what we're talking about. Maybe you ought to do your homework, Mr. Zuckerberg. Go look up a fact or two, dude. 
when you get through your billions of dollars and then you shut down little old Ricky Dancer and uh, <laughs> well, you know, well hello, you are on a roll tonight. Yeah. A red case tonight, you know, I think some of my Native American Cherokee blood is coming out. I think it's it just, is. You're you on know? fire tonight. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that they were on here talking though, because I do know a lot of parents are feeling the pressure and they probably think there's not much they can do. So it's important to have them on here so that we know there are options. Right. So Kim is here uh, for Elements Health Clubs, uh, Lane County. We have West 11th, Springfield, and we also have Oakway and a bunch of stuff going on there. I'm going to let you take it because my train's coming and I'm going to mute oh, my okay. mic. So Perfect timing. Here. Okay. You take it away. I'll put the pictures up when you need me to. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Elements Health Clubs of Lane County, as Rick just mentioned, three locations. And tonight we're going to talk about some stuff that's going on at the Springfield Club in particular, which number one is Parents Night Out coming up this Friday, the 17th. And that's from 4.30 to 7, again, at the Springfield location. And this is for members and non-members. So if you're a non-member, you can still sign up for your kiddo to um, join in. I know that sometimes it fills up. So you want to get your kiddo in while there's still time. And there is um, an opportunity for kiddos to do crafts and they even oft oftentimes bring pizza. There's dinner included. Here are some pictures from before when they've done these fun kids night, a parents night out with the kids there. You can see some pizza on the plates and some crafts. They play games. And this was back at Halloween. They even dressed up in costumes, of course. And then um, this, this time there's a rumor that there may be Santa Claus stopping by. So you can't miss that. Um, and parents can go out and do Christmas shopping or go to dinner. So it's a fun thing for them. Also, the Springfield Club is DecaFit Benchmark Preliminary Test. That's on Tuesday, December 21st from 5 to 6.30. And this is um, for an upcoming 2022 competition. This is a free event for all fitness levels. And you can just go there and do, um, they have you do these fitness tests. And it's kind of to see where you rank. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. That's a new um, thing that they're, that they're doing there at that club as well. And then Transformation Tuesday continuing. We kind of talked about this, um, touched on this briefly with Sarah last week. And these are some photos of some of the club members who have seen those transformations and not just in, you know, their physical health and their exercise, but also just a lifestyle, right? They're just becoming healthier all over. It's becoming a part of their life. Um, it's a new way of life so that they continue this. Um, I know that, you know, there are people over at uh, Elements that focus on exercise and health and uh, diet. So, you guys can learn how to eat healthy and just have a total lifestyle change. And so they want to focus on these, these members. And we're going to show pictures of them on, um, on Tuesdays as well. Um, and speaking of uh, exercise and health, so the um, COVID pandemic has continued to have a toll on um, the mental and physical health of children as well as adults. Um, and just last week, the U.S. Surgeon General's Advisory put together a presentation on the mental health crisis that we're facing. So this is kind of a crisis that isn't talked as much about as COVID and the new variant, but this is indeed a crisis. Kids are scared. They're scared of, you know, getting COVID or and being isolated again or, you know, that lack of social scared of all of these things that happen because of this pandemic. Um, and a lot of them actually lost a caregiver due to COVID. So just to add to the stress factors, and it's really hard to find help for, um, for kids, for adults to get an appointment. Um, counselors are booked out months in advance and you have to, you know, be on a waiting list. But what I did discover is there is the Mental Health America site. And some of you may be familiar with this. I'm gonna post it in the comments as well. On the Mental Health America site, they have a ton of resources, including a mental health test that you can go on and take, or you can answer questions for a family member. It tells you how to reach out if you have questions, ways to find support. And it's not just um, specific things. They have a wide variety 
that we're talking anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, addiction. And there are also fun phone numbers on there that you can reach out to because like I mentioned, it's so hard to get into someone. Um, they have what's called warm lines. So I'm going to put the link up there. There's a Facebook page that you can follow as well for the Mental Health America site. And they have so many resources for people that I know I've seen the comments here. I know it's so true. Um, it, it's so many. Um, I love that they, we talked about kind of schools tonight, Rick, and taking those students out and that effect that it would have with the cost of each student. And also just parents are, are, are done. You know, they're fed up with having their kids in school and having to do the stuff that they have to do there, not just masks, but, you know, everything. And the anxiety is high and they're not getting the help they need. So it's just super important to find those resources where we can. Yeah, and you'd feel kind of ripped off because the last two years have been really a, basically a waste. It's a wash. Right, right. <clears throat> and the kids are yeah. really struggling and suffering. In fact, we're going to start bringing some kids on. I'm reaching out to some parents. I want to get kids and just talk to them about hope and life. Yes. And what do they, how do they see the world? And I'm not yep. just looking for kids who are, you know, in the depression thing. I just want to talk to all kids and get a oh. picture. Yeah. Yeah. My brother works um, up in a hospital in Washington um, in the behavior department. And he just says he just tries to find just one thing. What's one thing that gives you excitement? What's one thing that brings you happiness with these kids? And sometimes that's all it takes is to just ask them those simple questions. And it's just so much negativity. Yeah. Kim, thank you so much. Love what you do. And uh, <laughs> you guys go check out but check out Elements Health Clubs. Um, yes. I just one of my staff has just said, you know, I need you're you're always talking about that. I need to get over there because oh my gosh, you know, they have so many fun things. Yeah, and there's so many people that are not. It's not a gym where a, a bunch of you know, you know, people that are more beautiful than themselves <laughs> hanging out. You know, it's like people. It really isn't. It really isn't. Trying to stay in shape and do their things, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. and that's how it goes. It's All right, very, Kimmy, very I, fun. So we'll see you well, on Well, thanks, Thursday. Rick. Thanks, you guys. All right. We'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. So one of our viewers um, on here, it was, who was it? Uh, Oregon Gold Hunter uh, suggested one of the ways for better mental health is to get out in the trees, get out in the forest. Well, that brings us to our next Elements Health Club sponsored story. Uh, a few years ago, Kathy and I went down to Lake County in the snow and we went snowmobiling. So we'll be back, but check this out. Welcome to Explore again. This is a new little adventure. We're in Lake County and uh, we're going up in the, what is this called? This is a Tucker snowcat. So we're going up in the snowcat. This is what they groom over, what, 700 miles of trails? A year, yes. A year in Lake County. So we want to make sure that we thank our sponsors, Toyota, Toyota and your local Toyota dealers. Uh, their whole theme is let's go places and uh, obviously today we're not in a Toyota, but we're going places. And we got here because of their Toyota. That's my wife, Kathy. This is Bronnie. She's with the Chamber. Lake County Chambers, our other sponsor for the show. Kick off your boots <laughs> and stay for a while. Well, today we're leaving our boots on because it's really cold, like 10 degrees out here. So we're going to go up. Kathy and I have never been snowmobiling, so they're taking us up to a place where we can get into some snow. There's a club up here. So you're the, you're the trail guy. So I'm the OSAA Cat Director for Lakeview. So what I'm responsible for is this machine and all the finances that go into it and all the grooming. We groom on designated Forest Service trails, which are designed for snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, snowmobiling, any winter sport that has to do with tracks or by foot or human power. Lake County is like a diamond in the rest. There's everything you wanted here. Um, we have some of the best trail systems next to Bend down here. Um, there's just not as many people. So a lot of people don't know about these trail systems.
So we are with, what's the name of your club? High Desert Stormtroopers. The High Desert Stormtroopers. And we have ridden how far? About seven miles. We've ridden about seven miles up a hill, and I'll show you where we're going. We're going up to the top of that mountain. Drake's Peak. Drake's, Drake's Peak. Peak. We also, and we'll, you, you guys, if we can get a signal up there, we're gonna break in again and show you some more, but they're gonna do some little trick Oh, nice. And I'm excited. I think they're taking us up to a top of a mountain that we're going to be able to see all around. So we're going to take these guys up and show them pretty much Nevada, California, Oregon, um, Mount Shasta, all in one spot. You can see it from one point. You guys, those are the those are the Steens Mountains out there. Look at this. It is really cold. About ten, about ten degrees. lookout yes you can rent the lookout in the summertime and they have a restroom up here and you can rent that to stay what are you thinking hun you cold no actually I'm pretty warm the Sun is out it's gorgeous out here and I just thank them for taking us it's really a beautiful day so if you guys have not experienced Lake County you got to go down there because the thing is there's nobody there's just not a lot of people they have a ski hill that the community owns eight miles from downtown Lakeview and you can do Kathy and I for 35 bucks. I think we did like probably 30 or 40 runs because there's no line and it's all the community. It's just people in town and then, you know, strangers like us, but that's how rural Oregon is. And it's a place that not a lot of people go, but you really should go down there and try it and just check with the chamber. You can find out more information about what there is to do. Now, let me show you something. Um, a couple of years ago, we did a special and I'm just going to bring this up and then I'll reindeer are unusual, a little strange, actually odd looking out of proportion. They don't fit in. Do you ever feel like that around the holiday season? Me too. And we're not alone. As a kid, I took a lot of ribbing over my last name dancer, you know, around the holidays, but it was okay. So this is a special looking at Christmas and why is Christmas what we have made it? And it's kind of my in-depth look at this. I did it a few years ago, pre-hair, facial hair. I'm going to air that on the 23rd before Christmas. So tune in, watch it. You'll really love it. It's really interesting. It's a whole different way of looking at uh, the Christmas holiday. Um, I'm going to leave you tonight with something that I put together this after this morning. I do these little clips um, to kind of tease the show. But this one had some special meaning, and I just thought I'd kind of end the show with this. Uh, you guys, the thing you can do for us and your parents and other people that you know is share this on your page. Um, a lot of times the social media giants um, will try to limit. I pay some to push it, but they'll try to limit what we put out 
uh, because they don't like our content. So the best way we can work against them is for you to share it on your page and then other people can find it and share it. And because, I mean, honestly, here's the bottom line. We are more powerful than they are. We really are. And at some point, uh, there's a tipping. And I think there's a tipping going on. The scale is beginning to tip. It's beginning to move where it's like, it's like puppies. You know, when they're first born, they're Oregon legislators. And then when they get about six weeks old, they become uh, the people of Oregon. And what's the difference? They open their eyes. So here's what I'm going to leave you with tonight. So I'm sitting at the coffee shop this morning talking to my friends. And uh, they uh, we, we started talking about what I was kind of mentioning to you guys yesterday about how um, I just want to find out what it's like to be Rick Dancer, not the Rick Dancer on TV. And I, it, it brought back a memory. Like 15, 20 years ago, I went to a men's retreat in the mountains of Cal uh, Colorado. Went all by myself. Um, I felt like God told me not to tell anybody who I was or what I did for a living. <clears throat> so I just say my name was Rick Dancer. I worked in communications. Um, so I went five days um, doing that and never saying a word about who I was. And then on the fifth day, the day we were leaving, I felt like God said, you can go ahead and tell them who you are. I want to show you something. So they started asking me, so now you never told us. You were like so quiet. What do you do? And I said, I'm a television news anchor in Eugene, Oregon. Everything changed. At that moment, everything became about my job. What I did for a living. Everyone was impressed with that, not finding out who I am or what I was about. Um, so it was a great indication for me um, of how often we tend to look at what people do and not who they are. And, you know, for me, I'm moving so that I can go find a different aspect of Rick Dancer. But you don't have to hashtag move out of state um, to find that. I think every day we can do that. We were, my friends and I were also talking about how, how people don't, we don't let enough people into our lives. Like I put on there yesterday that I'm looking for a moving van and it's going to cost me $4,600 for a van. You guys came to my rescue and all of a sudden my story's growing. So now I've got a guy who came on and I don't know him well. I know who he is, but he came on and said, I just bought a post office truck. It's 26 feet long. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's kind of my plan B. So we're in communication to figure out if there's a way that we can figure out how he can move me and find something new maybe for his life and I can get something done. But do you see how that increases your story? It's like all of a sudden my story gets bigger and broader and it includes more people, new people, different people. And all of a sudden my life becomes much more interesting. Um, you, but, but to do that, you have to be open to it. You have to get up every morning, I think, and think, what do I want chapter whatever this is to be? What do I want this chapter today to look like in my life? And I don't want to just live it like I did yesterday. What kind of new people can I be open to, um, to God bringing into my life today? And I'll tell you what, if you're bored with your life, it's probably because you're not doing that. So hashtag move is not about leaving, it's about moving. It's about finding something different, about looking at yourself in a different way. And I'll tell you what, we need people to do that.